G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. I mean, the story of the Bible really is that we can't do this ourselves, and so God does it for us, and we call out to Him. And I think that this prayer that I wrote down that became the book is just me kind of calling out to God and saying, please, God, do this for my son, because I can't do it. We at Focus firmly believe that parents are the primary disciples of their children. For fathers of faith with young children, reading Bible stories, making them fun and come alive is part of the journey. We also know it takes a village to raise a child, and we need others and resources to help us in this vital role of bringing up our children in the things of God. Our guest today is Akram Zaki. He is the author of Daddy's Bedtime Prayer. We here at Focus are proud to partner with Akram and have exclusive rights to this beautiful, illustrated breed. We'll hear more about Akram and this book coming up with my wife Kate and myself Brett Ryan for Focus on the Family, Australia. Do you remember when we had our little ones and what it was like, those bedtimes, running them around and trying to get them organised? But when they settled down, it was such a beautiful moment. Oh, they were some of the most precious moments that I've stored away in my heart where we read stories and we prayed. Time and time and time and time again, the same books. Yes, they did like the repetitious book, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, for example. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, the uh, the Giant Jam Sandwich. Yeah, oh, there were some favourites and they're still our favourites and now we're reading them to our grandchildren. But uh, it was the Bible stories that we, well, I allowed my imagination to run wild and uh, it was just so fun for the kids to open up their eyes and to see God at work and to see that, you know, as you've so beautifully always say, that the Bible is God's love letter to us. That's right. And teaching them from a very early start date is that Jesus loves us so much that he gave these words in Bible form for us to thrive and how we can learn about the heart of Jesus for us and for the world. And so, you know, after we'd done the Bible stories, of course, then we went on to praying and, you know, I loved it. And they'd sit there and they'd, it was so cute. And they prayed their little prayers about what they wanted. Yeah. Very me oriented. <laughs> yeah, very wasn't me. It? Very me. And then we'd challenge them and say, what can we thank Jesus for today? And oh, just the beautiful things they'd say, like, thank you, Jesus. For the I- caterpillars. For the caterpillars, or thank you, Jesus, that my brother and I could kick the football, the soccer ball, whatever it was, around yeah. together. Um, and just really looking at the praise points um, yeah. of how faithful and generous and loving. Our and we really Father. aim to ensure that our children, it wasn't just a tick of the box, we're no. prayed. We wanted it to be an ongoing conversation, a relationship with Jesus. One of the things that Brett would say and that he did when he was a kid's pastor was say, prayer is personal and prayer Prayer is powerful. And so we used to say that to our kids. You Nearly know, every night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That You don't have to just pray when we're praying. 
is any time something happens or, you know, you're just thinking about Jesus, to have a chat with him. Mm. Uh, he's part of our everyday life. And, you know, we hope that as you listen to Akram speak today, that you will really capture his heart for his book. Yeah, so we're really excited to have Akram via the internet to hear his story about his journey to coming to faith and the motivation and the inspiration to write this book. Well, welcome to the program, Akram. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about your Christian faith journey. Sure. Well, I was really blessed to grow up in a family full of people that knew and loved Jesus. We went to church every Sunday. My parents both taught me at different times in Sunday school. Um, and I got to hear about all the stories of God's faithfulness and goodness from a young age. Fantastic. Yeah. However, I didn't really connect personally with it until I was about 17. I kind of grew up knowing it in my head, but it didn't really make a difference to my life. I was very happy for God to be a genie in a lot of ways, or maybe even a butler. <laughs> um, just call when I wanted something or needed something. Yep. But the rest of the time, I was very happy to be my own boss and live life my own way and think my own but way. But the deposits in their early years never left you. Yes, definitely. Definitely not. I knew the stories. They were really ingrained into like, even how I thought deep down. And there were certain beliefs that were really unwavering. I, I never really struggled with the existence of God. Um, he was a constant, whether I wanted to accept him being my boss or yep. not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And shortly after, um, well, I, I was in year 11 at school. My dad got into a car crash. I was in the car with him. Um, it was a pretty severe car crash, but I was fine. Everyone was fine. After the car crash, we had some police and ambulance kind of arrive. And it was a major kind of accident yeah. scene. I remember one of the police, it was a policewoman, she told my dad, um, she said, we're actually very amazed that your passenger is still alive. And that was me. And I think I reacted kind of weirdly to it. I went home. I was so excited that something cool had happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I called all my friends on the phone and I just told them, hey, I would have died today. I almost died. And one of my friends said, man, that would have, that wouldn't have been great. <laughs> um, and I think at that moment, it sort of hit me that knowing about God, knowing about the gospel, knowing about Jesus being able and willing to save me from my sins, it doesn't really do anything unless I kind of take that on board for myself. Yeah. So that night I decided that it wasn't enough that I would want Jesus to be my saviour. He needed to be my Lord first. So that was kind of when I really took the faith of my parents yeah. and I said, actually, I believe this and I own this. And if God is real, if Jesus is who he says he is, then it needs to have an impact in my life. So that was kind of a bit of the beginning of my story. And, yeah, since then I was, I was in a good church. We were able to open God's word. I was able to be mentored yeah. and got involved in service, which was wonderful, and it helped me grow. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So I've been very blessed, firstly, with, you know, a family of faith, but also just other people that inputted into my life, whether it was my pastors, my youth pastors, different people that mentored me along mm -hmm. the way. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. So how did that, where did that take you in terms of a career or in later life? Yeah, so growing up, I didn't really like school. I, I kind of went and the school that I went to was fairly, I don't know, sometimes I watch prison movies and I, I'm reminded of my time at school. <laughs> uh, it's pretty rough. And if someone had told me that I was ever going to become a teacher, I would have ended that conversation very abruptly. <laughs> So I studied medical imaging at uni. I really liked science and I liked the way the body works. I like, you know, x-rays and bone scans and all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, so I studied that and then I was filling in a CV when I finished my degree and I thought to myself, I've never actually asked God what he wanted. So I prayed and I said, God, I really don't know how you're going to tell me, but I am willing to do something else if that's what you want. And I just got a lot, a lot of really confirming things and I ended up just working. I worked a night job and during the day I started teaching scripture. Um, I started with one class in a public school and then it grew to two, four and I ended up with 19 classes. Um, uh, that I taught for four years. Was it a volunteer or a paid role? Yeah, it was a volunteer role. So I worked at night, I worked on weekends, I worked as a laborer, as a cleaner, um, I was a shelf stacker, I was a checkout guy, a bunch of random stuff. And yeah, after about four and a half years, I was honestly a little confused. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know how I could continue working, you know, day and night, all week. But obviously you were enjoying that. You found it fulfilling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just remember walking out a lot of times at the end of a scripture class and just thinking, I was made for this. And my dad gave me a great piece of advice one day. He said, you should find a career you would happily do for mm. free. And I said, I've been happily doing this for free. So, yeah, I just, I'd already done the science component. I just went and did a master's of teaching and then found myself in a science class. And I've been teaching science for the last 11 years. That is it's, a great story. Uh, it is a phenomenal story, just God's leading um, and you yeah, being you. so willing to surrender what your career looked like, even after doing the study for it. Isn't it so much better when, when we do that instead of just going our own path and saying, oh, you know, use it, um, asking yeah. him where he wants us? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you can always try and go against the stream if you're a boat or you can just go with it. And I know that no one loves me more than God does. No one is interested in my future more than God yeah. is. And so, you know, as I've gotten to know him through his word and I've just realized that, yeah, doing what he says um, or asking him to just show me what to do, that's the best way to go. It's not the easiest potentially, but I think it is the best and I've been so blessed yeah. by that. So from a reluctant student <laughs> and then now teaching, where did writing books enter the scene? Yeah, so when I was teaching scripture, I guess there were a lot of concepts about God. There were a lot of stories in the Bible that we would teach. We'd go through parables, we'd go Old Testament stories, New Testament stories, you know, the gospel stories. But then there would be a lot of concepts, things like God's holiness or what does righteousness mean, all these kind of big kind of churchy words mm -hmm. yeah. that, that we throw around. And the beauty of kids is that they're so honest, and if they don't understand something, they won't just nod and smile. <laughs> They'll kind of say, what does that mean? Yeah. I think oftentimes adults are a little embarrassed maybe to ask. And so I found myself having to explain these concepts and I realized that the best way to explain things is story. I think if you want to, even now in a class, if I've got a rowdy class with a lot of noise and kids going berserk everywhere, if I want to quieten them down, I tell them a story because I think story is the way that humans communicate. And I realize in most of the gospels, Jesus yeah. is he's not giving us lists of things. He's giving us stories and they stick with us. And um, yeah, so I started writing kids' books. I was writing them for my scripture kids. I was writing them for my, you know, uh, I work at a Christian school now, which is awesome. So I write them for yeah. them just to kind of encourage them and give them something to think about, maybe a different angle. I have two children now. And when they were born, I, I was really kind of encouraged that, yeah, this is something I'd like to pursue. And I think stories hold a lot of weight. And they transcend different barriers yeah. and stories never come across as judgmental, you know. Uh, 
I think sometimes if we tell people what to do, it can come across a little bit judgmental, but with stories, people are free to make up their own mind and think it through the way that they yeah, want. put it through their own filter. Exactly, yeah. Our guest today is Akram Zaki, author of Daddy's Bedtime Prayer. You're listening to Focus on the Family, Australia. The word for today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. Our guest today is Akram Zaki, author of Daddy's Bedtime Prayer. So now you've got two little ones of your own and you've written this book, Daddy's Bedtime Prayer. What inspired you with that? Yeah, so I've heard it said that you never truly know what fear feels like until you become a parent. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just remember when... um, when we found out that my wife was pregnant with our firstborn, I realized that this wasn't a temporary thing, that this little person that had come into being was an eternal soul and that he was going to live forever. And because of that, I suppose I realized, I mean, I can try, you know, different techniques for parenting. I can teach my boy different skills and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, there's just so many things that I have no control over. Hmm. I can't control whether he's safe, whether he's healthy. I can't control, you know, his relationship with God and where he ends up. And these are things that are just so important. And as a parent, my heart just kind of, it just bleeds to be able to help my son. And I mean, the story of the Bible really is that we can't do this ourselves, And Mm. so God does it for us and we call out to him. And I think that this prayer that I wrote down that became the book is just me kind of calling out to God and saying, Please, God, do this for my son because I can't do it. Yeah, the cry of your heart. Yeah, and now I have, you know, I have a daughter and my cry is the same for her. It was actually a prayer that I would pray with my son every night and then it kind of took shape as I prayed because I thought, well, if God were to answer my prayer, what would I ask for? Mm. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm not, I don't care if he's the smartest in his class. I don't care if he's the tallest or the fittest or the strongest. I don't care if he makes the most money. What I care about is that God would shape him into someone that becomes a blessing for God Um, because these are the things that last, these are the things that are valuable, and these are the things that mean the most, I think. So my book came out of my own personal cry to God for my children. Speaking um, of crying, Kate's crying now, (laughs) and I've got allergies. (laughs) (laughs) We are the one thing to remember, I think, and it makes life a lot easier is that we're stewards of our children and that God's doing this in conjunction with us. He doesn't expect us to handle it all on our own. He's got the keys. (laughs) We only just have to run to him. Yeah, I completely agree. The the old African proverb that many listeners would know about, it takes a village to raise a child and you need other people and other resources to help us do this. And we believe that this resource is outstanding because it actually gives the language, as you so beautifully put, 
that we do want for our children to pray over them, to understand who God is for themselves. And if we can build that foundation, even they may have some rocky things, like you shared your little rocky journey. You didn't stray too far away, but then you had that aha moment to realize that you needed to personally make that decision. And this builds that foundation and using resources that we firmly believe here at Focus on the Family that are really positive, really uplifting and God-centered. And that's Mm -hmm. what we love about this. Thank you. So when you're looking at, you know, starting a book, you've got the words, the The outline, the framework, but pictures also tell a thousand words. So tell us a little bit about how you came about some of the illustrations because we love them. They're very simple, but just beautifully presented. And there's one for boys and one for girls. Yeah. Well, normally when I write a story, I can't draw to save my life. And unless people want books of stick figures. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can relate. <laughs> I have to try and look outside of myself. And I found um, an illustrator. Her name's Isha. And she was so easy to talk to and just really kind of on board with this idea. And I kind of gave her a couple of ideas that I thought. I told her about my son. I I took photos of me and my son kind of playing together. Yes, we have seen a little bit of similarities between (laughs) what you look like. And listeners, you're not getting a full appreciation until, and you can go to our website later on after this interview to have a look at the lovely pictures, but they just look a little bit like you. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I initially, when I wrote this story, it was something that I wanted to make for my son. I thought it'd be a nice little present that I could make him, something that he could kind of hold on to. And so, yeah, I, I sent Isha pictures of myself, of my son, and then what she sent me back really kind of floored me. She, If you look through the book, the little boy or the little girl, depending on which book, they grow up in the story. They start off as a baby and then they get older and they become an adult. And I hadn't thought of that before and I thought that was awesome. Not only am I praying for my son now or my daughter now, I'm kind of praying for them throughout the entirety of their life. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm praying that one day when I'm gone, that the fruit of my prayers, it will still be something that they get to feast on. Yeah. yeah. The legacy. The legacy you're leaving um, yeah, exactly. in prayer. It's beyond. Yeah. It's, it's just beyond you. I mean, I remember starting even at Focus on the Family when we're talking about preparing for adulthood, you know, your children to adulthood. And I actually was challenged by this, that what are your great-grandchildren going to look like, you know? And so you're yeah. building that legacy, that foundation of being a household of faith. Your children get it, and then your grandchildren, and then your great-grandchildren. And so I love that, that mentality that you had. Yeah. Um, my grandfather passed away in January this year, and he had a good long life, and he was very faithful, and he loved Jesus. And he passed away in his house, and we were all there with him. Oh, and I beautiful. remember looking around the room, and he had most of his kids there. Some of them live overseas. He had a lot of his grandkids there and he had two of his great grandkids. And we spent those last couple of moments together praying and Mm. even singing hymns. And I I thought, you know, as sad as I was, I thought, you know what, that's a great way to go. I want to be in the same position one day where I've lived a life that has walked next to Jesus and my children have seen that and then walked with him as well. Grandkids, um, exactly what you said, a legacy. One of the things that we talk about is praying grandparents as we're raising our kids and having our parents praying for our children. And I know that both our mothers, both of our fathers have passed, but both our mothers pray constantly 
for our children and now, of course, their great-grandchildren. And there's nothing more comforting or reassuring knowing that you're not doing it alone and that you are being upheld in prayer, surrounded by it, and you know that your children are covered in prayer. And, you know, of course, there's days that are just jolly tough and (laughs) praying can be hard because you're so tired, but you know You know that you know that there are other people praying for your children. And regardless of whether they are following Jesus now, you're praying for the future. That's right. Um, You know, for those people who are listening and their children aren't walking with the Lord, but that's the cry of your heart, don't give up. We just ask that you get people around you praying for those children to, to come to the Lord. And like you said, you know, some of them know that he's their saviour and can be their saviour, but are they prepared to allow him to be the Lord of their life? Yeah, uh, and so we just encourage you to find those people who can really pray with you, stand with you firmly with that hope and a future for your children. He's promised that for your children. So let's just pray into that together. Yeah, amen. Well, in our few moments that we have remaining I think we have the author here, and he's in his office or in his school at, uh, in Sydney, and we're via the internet. Um, but I think it would be fantastic for our listeners just to get a, bit, a little bit of a taste of the words. And so, would you do us the honour of uh, reading this out to our listeners, this very special book called Daddy's Bedtime Prayer? I'd be honoured. Dear Lord, please bless my precious child. Give him eyes to see your majesty and the way that he should live his life. Give him a mind to search for true wisdom that is found in only you, to know you and understand your ways. Give him ears to hear your words and understand the truth of Jesus. Give him a mouth that speaks the truth, blesses your name and sings your praises. Give my child a humble heart that longs for you, that seeks you out and loves your people. Give him hands to build your kingdom, serving the world. Hands that give and hands that hold, protecting people and bringing life. Give him knees that bend to worship you in humility and obedience. Give my son beautiful feet to go to the world to show them your life. Please help him to walk with you all the days of his life, even when times are hard and he cannot see the way. Please bless my son, O Lord, by making him a blessing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 (laughs) It's so beautiful. You know, as parents, you know, Brett and I praying with our children and over our children, they're all the things that we said, but we never put them into a book. Now, so grateful that you have. Thank you. Yeah, what a wonderful opportunity. And we at Focus, as we shared before, this is a book that we're partnered with this wonderful, wonderful book, exclusive for folks on the family and, and for our listeners. And I'll give you some more details in a few moments. But in the end, you know, this, as you've already shared, you want not only just to bless your own children, which is so important, but this can be a blessing to so many people. And I'd imagine grandparents are praying right now for their prodigals and therefore their prodigal grandchildren. This could be the catalyst to get people to start thinking about what type of legacy are they creating for their children? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've run out of time, and uh, we just pray God's richest blessing upon you as you're using your gifts, your talents, to share your own personal experiences 
and to allow, as Kate said, which was so wonderful to actually say, those are the prayers that we all have in our heart, but you've been disciplined enough to put it into writing and illustrate it so it can be used widely. And there's something very special about having a hard copy. Um, we do things digitally, but there's beautiful to have a hard copy. And so thank you so very much for sharing this with us. Uh, it's been my, my wonderful pleasure. Thank you. Our guest today was Akram Zaki, author of Daddy's Bedtime Prayer. If you'd like to find out more information regarding his books, you can go to his website, itwillbeok.com.au. We strongly believe reading this as part of your spiritual discipline with your child not only will create wonderful memories, but also introduce them to their Heavenly Father. If you would like a copy for your family or to provide as a gift or for any other resources to help you build a lifetime faith in your children, please go to families.org.au. On behalf of Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, and the entire team here at Focus, we hope you'll join us again for another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.